Five minutes after 12 on your the Father's Day edition, my friend. Of it is, the yes. Insurance Injury Law Show. You're a dad. I'm a dad. Happy so Father's Day like. to all the fathers out there. Indeed. We uh, always start the show. The number is 416-216-5910. That is Savan's uh, private number. And we can get to help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. That's for email. And always taking your calls here at the station for the next hour, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. We'll talk about the injury calculator in just a bit, where we always kick off with the week that was. That's right, John. Mm-hmm. And it was a very busy week, as always. Even though we're into summer, uh, people still get into, an, in, into accidents, unfortunately. They have issues with insurance companies. Uh, so we keep getting lots and lots of calls and uh, emails asking us uh, for help. Uh, in how to deal with uh, sure. with injuries and insurance companies, and the first case uh, or, or the first uh, um, um, example that I'm gonna I'm gonna give you was actually a submission that I got through InjuryCalculator.ca uh, last Wednesday. Uh, th- th- it was a gentleman who submitted uh, an injury, a, a fractured knee that uh, he sustained in an accident, okay. and he wanted to know what the value was. Uh, so I'm gonna go through it just to explain to our listeners uh, about this tool, the InjuryCalculator.ca tool. Uh, so, so this gentleman is 52 years old. Uh, he had a uh, slip and fall uh, in a supermarket last December. Uh, it was a messy floor uh, in the checkout aisle. And unfortunately, that's actually quite common in grocery stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, he broke his right knee and he needed extensive surgery. And when I say extensive, I mean he was in the hospital for a few weeks. Uh, there were some complications, uh, but in any event, very, very extensive. And he hasn't been able to go back to work. He works in construction, was working in, in this job for the past 30 years. Uh, and he, he's unable to go to work uh, uh, for, for the foreseeable future. Now, when he went to the InjuryCalculator.ca website, uh, the calculator said that his pain and suffering just damages, pain and suffering. just pain and suffering, is valued at $85,000 plus. Okay. Now, if you speak to many personal injury lawyers out there, they will tell you that there is a range generally for pain and suffering damages. So it's not going to be, you know, $40,000 for this injury or fifty for that. It's going to be some kind of a range. Well, here was 85000 plus because of the extent of, of the injury and what happened afterwards. But here's the thing, John. When I called him and we went through the entire analysis and I asked him about work and his work history, uh, the type of jobs that he has held over the last, let's say, five to ten years, my estimation of the value of his case is about five hundred to seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars exactly, and and again, very important for people to know when you go to injurycalculator.ca to that website and you input the information to find out how much you may potentially uh, uh, be entitled to for your pain and suffering for the injury. Understand that that's only for pain and suffering. A very small percentage, very, possibly, right? Absolutely, exactly. This gentleman here, who potentially may not be able to go back to this job, and he's fifty-two years old. He's going to have a difficult time retraining into some kind of, of another profession. And get hired. You got it, exactly. He's going to have a big issue in terms of income loss in the future, and that has to be taken into account. So here you go. Here's somebody who submitted uh, uh, this uh, injury calculator submissions uh, and asked me to give him a call, and when we went through the analysis, we found out that the pain and suffering that he's entitled to is a fraction of what his case may actually be valued at. Thank God he found that calculator right now, got Absolutely. the ball rolling. Exactly. Yeah. And he, in it. fact, he went to a few other lawyers and he got different advice. In fact, some lawyers actually just talked to him about the pain and suffering. They didn't go into a detailed analysis of what's happening at home. And by the way, the income loss portion is not the only other portion or the only, the only other type of damage that he's entitled to. Okay. Uh, there's issues at home because he, ha- he has a house. It's a de- detached house. Uh, he, he was the one in the family who was doing uh, the winter maintenance. For sure uh, The grass cutting. Yeah. Well, obviously, we're going to have to, he's going to have to hire people now, a company that's going to take care of that. That now has to be added on onto the claim. These are called out-of-pocket expenses. Mm-hmm. And for so, so many years, uh, 
forthcoming, right? Exactly. Absolutely. Okay. We'll uh, take a short break. We've got another case to talk about before we get into the injury calculator and so much more on this show. In the meantime, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. If you have questions about personal injury, possibly you've uh, been in an accident, a slip and fall. You've got some questions about uh, what, to, what to do going forward. Give Savannah a call here at the radio station right up until 1 o'clock. More of the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Talk radio, AM640. Savannah's number outside of the show hour is 416-216-5910 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We've got your phone calls here in just a minute, guys. Hang on the line. We want to get to the second case of the week that was. Yeah, yeah very briefly. Let's go through the second case. So this is a long-term disability case. Uh, I got a call from a lady who is on long-term disability, and it was her friend who had been listening to the show uh, for a few months who told her to call me. And by the way, for people listening out there, a lot of times people call me uh, at the urging of their friends or family members. So if you know someone who really needs the help or the advice... That's uh, fine either way. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Make sure that you call me or they call me, but urge them on because many times they're just, they don't have the the headspace to, you know, to seek that legal advice that they need or the second opinion. Uh, So this lady uh, received a call from the adjuster that is managing her disability claim uh, who told her that she needs to apply for CPP disability. Uh, and, and if she gets that CPP disability from the government, mm-hmm. uh, then her monthly long-term disability payments will be reduced by, by whatever she of... gets from CPP. Exactly. And of course, she was unhappy about that, first of all, for having to, uh, to do that. And second of all, what's the benefit to me, she says. Yeah. You know, why do I have to do this just so you insurance company get the benefit, a deduction uh, right. f- for the fact that, you're getting, that I'm getting this money from the government? And I explained to her that uh, in most policies, if not all policies nowadays, there is a requirement uh, when you're a long-term disability that you apply for CPP disability. So you have to do it. Uh, and then the question arises, well, what happens if you, uh, if you do it, if you apply and then you get denied, do you have to appeal it? Well, I tell people in those situations to call me. But you do need to apply for CPP disability. But for this lady who was asking me, what's the benefit to me? I, I said to her, look, there may not be a financial benefit per se, because you're not going to get CPP disability and your full LTD payments. But it's going to, it's, it, it comes out in the wash anyway. It's, it's comes out in the wash, right? exactly. But, but, but think about this. Long-term disability insurers oftentimes cut you off at some point. Well, if you've been approved by CPP disability, and by right. the way, it's not easy to get approved by them. There's a very high bar of showing a, a certain disability that okay. entitles you to that benefit. You can come back to the insurance company and say, well, look, if CPP disability has approved me for disability, who are you? to say that I'm not disabled or not sufficiently disabled for uh, uh, getting this benefit. Nice. So you see, you can use that to your advantage. That's and good lawyering right there. It's, it's the angle. You have yeah. to look at the angle. You have to advocate for your client. And of course, she was happy with the explanation. And she said, okay, well, I'm going to go do that. And of course, she said, as many people who call me up uh, and I give that advice, to, well, if I have any issues in the future, I'll give you a call. And of course, my response is, by all means, mm-hmm. anytime, uh, email me or call me. I'm not going to charge you for any of this advice. Uh, it's just it, this, advice. Is, this is free advice. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you might as well have that information for the future. And in the event that anything happens, you know who to call. You got it. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Have Omar in Toronto. Good afternoon. Omar, how are you? Good afternoon, guys. And I uh, appreciate that you guys have the show. On no worries. The Thanks, Omar. Uh, I, was just, I was just asking, um, like, the question was, is a friend of mine's mom got into an accident mm-hmm. and they missed, like, they settled. Um, they settled the claim, but they misdiagnosed her. Okay. Because she found out after that what they settled for wasn't the right thing. So she still has the pain, and she was wondering if there was a like a time limitation 
um, just like for a small claims court, you know how there's a statute of limitation that you can't sue anybody right. after a certain time? Right. If she could go back and like sue the company again, I mean the insurance company, for exactly what she got diagnosed for. Omar, was this a car accident? Yeah, it was a car accident. Okay. She got re-rented. Okay, when did this happen? Um, she, she was telling me like about three years ago. Okay, so there are a few issues here that I'm going to touch on. Uh, we actually spoke last show, uh, last week, on the issue of uh, final settlements and what does that mean. Mm-hmm. So one of the questions I would have here, and I don't know if you can answer that for me, is did she settle the claim with her own insurance company or with the insurance company of the driver that hit her? That I'm not sure of. Okay, and that's very, very important because in, in a situation where you were re-rended or where somebody else was at fault and you have ongoing injuries, certainly after three years it's chronic, uh, you're going to have two potential claims, and one of them is with your own insurance company for benefits that are owed to you, and another claim is, uh, it's called a tort claim, and that's against whoever was at fault for the accident. Uh, and, and that's the key to understand here. Now, I'll tell you this. Whatever settlement was achieved, uh, whatever settlement was, was um, arrived at with um, uh, uh, the, the insurance company, that's a final settlement. If, if your friend's mom signed a release that says that I am now absolving the insurance company in exchange for this money, I'm closing the case, she cannot then reopen the case. But I'll tell you this. There's a caveat to this. And it has happened to me before. It's rare. I I don't like doing so, uh, and I don't like even talking about it, but it's a reality. Lawyers, like every other professionals, sometimes make mistakes. And when I worked for insurance companies in the past and I defended them in cases like this, I would oftentimes see lawyers advocating for injured individuals who would settle the case for 10 cents on the dollar. They just did not get what they were supposed to claim for for their clients. Now, I can tell you this. Uh, in cases where a lawyer settles the case or advises the client to settle the case for much less than the individual was supposed to settle the case for or for the much less than the value of the case, yes. then the, the individual potentially has a claim for negligence against the lawyer because that individual got the wrong advice. But don't they also have to sign, like doesn't the lawyer also like have to sign something saying that whatever you get, you can't come back at me? Uh, well, me some lawyers do do that, absolutely. But if the lawyer gave the wrong advice, like, for example, if your friend's mom's injury, let's say, let's say the claim is worth $100,000, as an example. And for whatever reason, the lawyer told her you should be accepting $10,000. And this is a re-rent collision, by the way. So liability or fault is not an issue here. It's not like the driver behind you can say, well, I wasn't at fault. Yeah, clearly, they were at fault. If the claim is worth 100000 and the lawyer says settle for 10000 and mm-hmm. there's really no good reason here, and there's enough lawyers out there who unfortunately make these kinds of mistakes, okay. then your friend's mom has a claim against the lawyer. Now, again, I'm not saying that she should start looking uh, at suing her lawyer. Uh, yeah. I mean, I need to understand a lot more about the facts, and I'll be happy to speak with her. But it does happen, and, and this is why I keep saying to people that once you settle with an insurance company and you sign a full and final release, that yeah. document becomes a shield for the insurance company. You can't come back now and, and start another claim against them or against their insured. In exchange okay. for the money you got, you agreed to drop the claim. Gotcha. That's it, period. But can't you, can't you go back to her insurance and say, now that I have this diagnosis from this doctor, um, you guys should reimburse me this amount of money? Well, no, she can't, and, and that's the whole point. And, and, and I'm going to give you a different example. Uh, sometimes I see cases uh, where someone comes to me after they've settled with an insurance company, right. uh, and we're talking three, four, five years down the road, 
And they say, look, we thought this was a chronic pain case. We thought it was just a back pain. You know, right. the fact that I, I have memory issues is, is, you know, just part and parcel of the chronic pain case. But guess what? A month ago, I was diagnosed with a traumatic brain injury from the accident. So the cases potentially could have been valued at 10 times what it settled for. Wow. Again, extremely important to make sure that the lawyer that you've hired and the firm that's representing you understands the case and understands the law and understands what needs to be done to get the full value for your claim. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. To give us a call, 416-216-5910 is Savan's number. And help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll talk about the injury calculator here after the break. More of the Insurance and Injury Law Show on the way. Talk radio, AM 640. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca is a good place to start. Let's get into the injury calculator. It can be found at injurycalculator.ca. Let's uh, let's talk about what it is, and we'll run through an example. Yeah, that's right. Let's so do her. This is uh, this is an online tool, mm-hmm. a free tool that takes exactly uh, thirty seconds or less to input information. It's anonymous. It allows people to input information about their injury. Uh, so you can you can say uh, when the injury occurred, how old you were. Um, how the accident happened, if it was a slip and fall, a car accident, whatnot. And it asks you a few questions about your injury, and then it spits out a range of, of damages that you could potentially be entitled to if you started a claim against whoever was at fault for your injury. So in a car accident situation, just like Omar, who just called right now, uh, his friend's mother would be able to go on there, and she would be able to say, uh, in fact, you know what, John, how about we actually go through an example? You got it. For sure. uh, I'm going to go through a very typical example. So I'm selecting accident date. Uh, let's just for the sake of it say that it happened uh, in, uh, on February 1st of uh, 2015. Sure. Uh, location of the accident, I'm going to put Toronto. How old are you? I'm going to put 52. Cause of your injury, car accident. Who was at fault for the accident? Someone else. Uh, did, you, did the injury affect your income? Um, yes. You can say yes or no. So if we put yes, then it's going to ask us, well, how has it been affected? Uh, I'm not working at all because of my injury. Let's put that. Sure. And then we click continue. And then it asks us, uh, select your, your main injury, neck, shoulders, leg, chronic pain, etc. cetera. Uh, so let's go with something that's very typical. Let's go with whiplash. Continue. Then it's asking us, is it a minor whiplash, moderate or severe? Well, let's go with severe. Obviously, this lady that Omar spoke to us about, uh, it's ongoing for three years now. And then there is a, a, a legal notice. You press continue, and it tells you that you could potentially be entitled to $70,000 to $120,000 for pain and suffering. Alone. Alone. Yeah. So if, in fact, her income has been affected, uh, she's not able to work or she's working now part-time or modified duties, or perhaps she's not able to do overtime, yep. those get added as damages to this amount, which is why it is that many claims uh, where potentially the calculator tells you you're entitled to, let's say, $70,000, Perhaps the claim is actually worth $400,000. You have to take all these components of compensation into account. So again, very, very good uh, tool. Uh, these ranges of numbers uh, that the calculator provides you are not numbers that we you know we just... Pulled uh, out of thin air, exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah. My team and I uh, have gone through the legal databases across Canada, have seen what other uh, judges across the countries have said uh, and assessed claims uh, of similar types, similar, similar injuries, pulled this information out, compiled it into this database, got the programmer to create this, this uh, tool, sure. 
And then, like I said, within 30 seconds or less, by putting this information in, you can get this range and it can tell you what you can expect. And then, of course, you can submit the results for a free consultation, just like that gentleman that uh, we started the show with uh, that asked me to give him a call and I told him that his claim is worth uh, north of $500,000. Injurycalculator.ca is where you want to start for that one. Let's get to some questions. Uh, Your phone calls, by the way, at 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. We've talked about limitation periods before and you've uh, you've talked about the importance of limitation periods in claims and what should people be aware of in terms of when they can start claims. Very, very good question and it's a question that uh, comes up all the time. So whenever I get one of these submissions from the injurycalculator.ca or an email or a call, Mm -hmm. one of the things I ask, uh, one of the first questions I ask is, when did the accident happen? In Ontario, you have two years from the date of the accident to start a claim for pain and suffering and all the other damages. But there are other limitation periods or notice provisions that people should be aware of. So let's go through some of them. Uh, Typically, in a car accident situation, within seven days of the accident, you should notify your insurance company of the accident and your intention to seek Uh, accident benefits. These are the benefits that you're entitled to by virtue of having an insurance policy, an auto policy. So if you need income replacement benefits, treatments, things like that, you should be advising your insurance company within seven days of the accident that you had the accident. Within 30 days uh, of receipt of your application forms, you have to submit a a completed application for accident benefits. Again, some people come to me two months after the accident and they say, well, you know, it took me this long to just figure out whether or not I need income replacement benefits, whether I, I, I can return back to work or not. So the fact that you haven't submitted everything within 30 days may not be fatal to the claim, but good. you don't want to take that risk. Yeah. Exactly. So within 30 days of the accident, uh, you know, you need to submit those forms. Within 120 days of the accident, you have to notify the negligent driver, whoever caused the accident, of your intention to start a claim against him or her. And of course, the, uh, the most important limitation period within two years of the accident, you have to notify, uh, sorry, you have to start a claim uh, for, for pain and suffering or all those one. damages. Exactly. Yep. Uh, we're talking about limitation periods here, but what about, uh, what about property damage? Like your car is written off, but then the insurer doesn't want to pay. Very, very good question. Uh, that's one of the exceptions to the Limitations Act. So you're in an accident, uh, you're having this dispute with your insurance company, yep. They don't want to pay for the car. Maybe, by the way, your car was stolen. Maybe it wasn't even a car accident. You're making an insurance claim for your car. That's for the something. point. Right. Exactly. People get frustrated, but they go back and forth with the insurance company with the view that perhaps eventually my claim will get paid. Well, guess what? You have one year from the date of the loss to start a claim against your insurance company. After one year, you cannot make that claim. Very, very important. So, John, you were in a car accident. Car is written off. was yep. worth $30,000. You have this uh, this fight with your insurance company about uh, the worth of the car. You know, you're not really corresponding that much with the insurer. The insurer is just taking their time. A year has now passed. They have no obligation to now pay you for the car. That's you're it. out of luck. That's it. So very, very important people to understand. If you have an issue with your insurance company with respect to property damage for your car, you only have one year to start a claim. We're talking about limitation periods. We'll get to uh, more of that in just a minute. The number to get a hold of Savan outside the show hour would be 416-216-5910. Email us help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Make sure you check out injurycalculator.ca as well. More of the insurance and injury law show just ahead on Talk Radio, AM 640. We will continue our conversation. You'll want to give us a call. Yeah, you heard the number, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. We'll get to that call right away. Have Lawrence in Toronto. Hello, Lawrence. Good morning. How are you? Good, sir. I mean, good afternoon. Yeah, whatever. Hi, you know, happy Father's Day, by the way, if you're a dad. Yes, I am. Okay. Thank you. Go ahead. Um, we, we, my, my wife uh, was in a, 
a rear end collision. She was stopped at a red light, and a truck, a large truck, hit her. Mm-hmm. They took her uh, to the emergency room. Um, they gave her some medication. Um, they released her. The first part of the incident was the car was taken to. It looked like it had slight damage. Uh, it was taken to their garage. Their gar- it ended up. They have now ended up keeping the car 62 days. The electrical went. The the what you, everything went. The transmission. The whole thing went. And the frame was bent or the unibody. Yep. I brought. I got them. I, I I fought with them all the way through through all the insurance inspectors' lies. And finally uh, got it to another garage where they straighten the car out with lasers, and I'm driving the car today. Um, it's a very low mile car because we don't use it in the winter. Mm-hmm. That's so I took him to small claims court, and I'm suing them in small claims court. That's the first part. The second part, my wife, we're set, we're in our 70s. My wife's 70 years old. Uh, when the accident, she was 69. Uh, she has she has a rotor cuff and a shoulder in, in injury. That's right. It doesn't hurt her all the time, uh, but it hurts her, and occasionally it, goes, it gives her headaches. Uh, we went to our doctor, and he gave her some exercises, uh, and that's it. So what do you think? What do I, no, my first question is, if I settle with him in the car uh, part, does that, uh, will that exclude just the car part, or will it be the complete settlement? Very good question. Uh, first of all, it's very important uh, just to outline to our listeners that you took to court your insurance company, right? Not the insurance company of the person exactly. who... Exactly. Travelers, uh, um, travelers Insurance. Sir. Okay. And that's, that's important because most people think that if you, take to, to, if you start a claim for property damage uh, in a car accident context, they think you can go after whoever uh, hit your car. Right. And no, in Ontario, you have to go after your own insurance company or your own insurance company should be uh, uh, fixing the car or replacing it. I'm not sure why it is that, that you're taking them to court. Did, did they simply refuse to pay for the uh, repairs? Well, well, first of all, they said it was a minor damage. Okay. Uh, it was just uh, the bumper. Uh, so um, then <laughs> the transmission stopped working. Okay. And then the lights wouldn't work. And then so so <laughs> I said to, I said to the their inspector, I said, well, they said, oh, they talked about betterment. This was all done before. Right. I said, well, if it was betterment, and this, all these things were done before, the car had 100,000 kilometers on it. Um, I said, how, how did my wife end up being on that road to get there? Okay, Lawrence, I, I understand completely what you're saying. So betterment is a concept that insurance companies often utilize. They'll say that, uh, you know, you as the individual who's bringing the claim, okay. you want us to fix X, Y, and Z. And maybe X was caused by the accident, by Y and Z was oh. before the accident. We're not going to fix all three things uh, because the, in the, if we do that uh, and we cover that, you're going to be better off than you would have been had the accident not occurred. That's presumably their argument. So, Lawrence, just, to, j- just so you know, so long as you can prove uh, that whatever, the re- whatever repairs you undertook or the garage you took the car to undertook was as a result of the accident, uh, the insurance company is going to be held liable. They're going to have to pay for that. Okay, oh, well, so that, that so that what they said to me yeah. is that this car was in an accident before. Right. So I went back to Ford. Mm-hmm. I got a Carfax and I got the Ford uh, leasing right. agreement, and both said the car was never in an accident. It never was. Well, then you have a good case, and you and you're going to win. Okay, but uh, if I win, win for the repairs mm-hmm. and the damage and all the other stuff for the car, does it preclude you from making an, an injury claim for your wife? 
Yeah. No, it does not. And and not only does it not, first of all, keep in mind, you are now dealing with your own insurance company. Uh, your wife is likely entitled, give, given the fact that it's a rotator cuff injury, and oftentimes uh, with people who are older, you're dealing with an injury like that that's going to be unfortunately prolonged. Um, most diagnoses that I see from doctors, from specialists, is that there may be uh, a frozen shoulder down the road, there may even be a surgery that's discussed. Uh, so your wife actually has a claim for injury, uh, for compensation, as against the driver that hit her. That's a separate insurance company. Okay. Okay. That was okay. So. And we we can talk about that off air, and I can explain yeah. in more detail, and you'll understand. I mean, I, I have your number, so I can give you a call tomorrow morning, and we can discuss please, it. Please do. That's that's not a problem. Uh, very very important to understand that if you come to a settlement with your insurance company, uh, in other words, if you don't go before a judge, if you just agree with the insurance company on the amount for the repair, whatever release you sign should only discuss the repairs of the vehicle. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I my my first question was. Yeah, and, and oftentimes, uh, and John, this is really important. So, mm-hmm. I, Lawrence, I really appreciate the fact that you've called in because this is really key. Remember, when when you are in a car accident, uh, you potentially have two claims with your insurance company. One is for the accident benefits, treatments, uh, income replacement benefits if you're not working. The other one is property damage. Well, if you settle the property damage claim, right, the repair for the vehicle or replacement they may ask you to sign a release. That release should only uh, factor in or discuss the property damage. It should not encompass also any accident benefits okay. that you may be entitled to or, or in your the case. The body of the car, not your body. You, you got it, exactly. Yeah, so very, you, very, very important. But I yes. couldn't believe how uh, they brought four of their people and an independent inspector right. to my garage where my car was and lied. One guy... <laughs> One guy, you, you got to listen to this, and I'll say goodbye. One guy put his hand on the back of the car and rubbed the car and said, "Oh, this car was, this car was in an accident before." He's the car whisperer. He's the car whisperer. <laughs> right, come on! I, I, wow. I was. I, I just said to him, "I said, please take your hand off the car." <laughs> right. Uh, Lawrence, that's uh, it's an entertaining story, and and unfortunately for you, obviously it happened. Uh, I'll be happy to discuss off-air that issue as well, any help you need. Uh, it's actually not going to be difficult for you to recover uh, for whatever the cost is that you had to uh, to pay for to repair the car. And kudos to you for not backing down and standing for your rights. We'll take a uh, brief pause here, 416-216-5910. Uh, Lawrence, uh, you as well. That is Savan's direct number. And help at theinsurancelawyer.ca is the email, injurycalculator.ca. You can check that out uh, online as well. More of the Insurance and Injury Law Show coming right up. Talk Radio, AM 640. Savan answers your phone calls and questions as well when the show is even over. 416-216-5910 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. You can check out injurycalculator.ca as well. I want to wrap up our first part before we got to uh, Lawrence here. We were talking about limitation periods. Uh, you slip and fell on an icy sidewalk or this time of year. I guess it could just be a wet sidewalk after a decent rain, right? Limitation exactly. periods on that. So the limitation period, again, for starting claims, whether it's against the city or against uh, a parking lot owner, uh, a mall, it's two years. Remember that. Now, there are exceptions, but you don't want to have to be uh, arguing those exceptions. Mm-hmm. Okay? Those are rare. There's always a uh, possibility that you won't be able to qualify under the exception. So don't miss the two-year mark for starting a claim for your injuries. Um, but with municipalities, uh, that's a bit different. Mm-hmm. So you have the two years to start a claim, but you also have to notify the city clerk within, within 10, 10 days, days right? of falling on their sidewalk that you intend to start a claim. And oftentimes what will happen is 
there will be an adjuster uh, that is assigned to the case. That adjuster will contact you and they will want to isolate uh, the location. So you can't just say that you fell on Lawrence Avenue East. They're going to ask you where exactly. They may even ask you uh, to send photos in uh, with an X marked. Or they may even ask you uh, approximately where. They'll give you the photos. You mark the X. Comply with that. Make sure that you you, you provide that location. Actually, better yet, give us a call. Let us deal with it. Because I've had situations with people who have tried to deal with the municipality themselves. They've notified the city within the 10 days. But then they took their sweet time responding back to the adjuster uh, and letting them know where this happened. And so by the time the adjuster from the city realized or understood where the incident actually happened, this was a slippery ice walk, uh, sidewalk yeah. uh, that I'm talking about, uh, a few months had passed. So clearly the weather conditions were very different. And of course, when we uh, started the claim down the road, when, we, when it came to mediation where generally you settle these kinds of claims, the city took the position, well, you did not comply with a 10-day notice provision because, yes, you gave us notice in writing, but then you didn't give us the information we needed to to have in order to go really fast or quickly or in sufficient time to investigate the weather conditions, to figure out the, the size of the ice, the, the, the depth of the ice. Was it yeah. uh, black ice or was it not? Yeah. So very important to get someone on your side early on, uh, very important to give the proper notice, written notice to the city clerk uh, within those 10 days. Otherwise, you know, despite the fact that you may sustain a very serious injury, you may be out of luck in terms of compensation. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca is an email. We'll get to one from Darren in Oakville. says, I suffered a concussion in a car accident about a year ago. My brother was driving and we collided with a garbage truck. Uh, problems at work since that time and I'm afraid that I'm going to get fired because I keep forgetting things, not sure what to do. Darren, uh, first of all, give me a call. Give me a call so I can guide you through this. This is actually a, uh, a, a concerning um, uh injury, concussion. Many people are diagnosed with concussion. And here's another uh, word or phrase for concussion, John. So people out there understand the severity of concussion. It's a brain injury. Concussion is brain injury. If you type in in Google concussion, you will find out that it's a brain injury. Now, uh, it may be a temporary brain injury. You may recover. Hopefully you do. Uh, But uh, generally speaking, when you have a concussion, it means that you're experiencing certain symptoms uh, like nausea, like memory loss, uh, inability to pay attention, uh, uh, various types of symptoms. Uh, And oftentimes you you will be provided with a brain injury protocol to follow to make sure that, you know, if you have these symptoms and they're ongoing, you should follow up and report back. So Darren, uh, you know, if, if, if you had this accident about a year ago, uh, your brother is the one who was driving. I'm not sure how the accident happened, but clearly as a passenger, you were not at fault for the accident, which means you have a claim here either against the garbage truck that you guys collided with or with your brother. And of course, yes, you would be starting a claim against your brother and the garbage truck, but it's the insurance companies who would be responding to, to the claim. Now, if you're having issues at work uh, and you're afraid that you're going to get fired, We've talked about this before. About this before, as as many of you know, uh, in my firm, we really focus on two areas of law: employment law and injury law. Yeah, and, and that's a very unique combination because oftentimes people who are injured are experiencing issues at work afterwards. There is lack of accommodation. Uh, perhaps there is a firing. This is where the employment lawyers in our firm, you know, we let them, them loose and we make sure that they protect your rights or deal with your employer while we, on my side of the, of the, of, of the office, deal with the injury claim. So we can deal with both of them at the same time. Uh, if, if, Darren, if, if um, your doctors have provided medical notes, reports, 
if you've sought accommodation, your employer is going to have an obligation to accommodate you. Again, if there is an issue with that, our employment lawyers can deal with it. But give me a call. Uh, it's it's within a few minutes. I will tell you exactly what you need to do uh, and what you need to to know in order to advance your claim. Four one six two one six fifty nine ten. Darren is that number. We'll get into uh, briefly here before break. Causation. First of all, insurance companies often say that the person's injuries are not caused by the accident. Causation. What does that mean? Causation is an interesting concept, and uh, I, I was recently asked by, uh, by a very good friend of mine um, some input on causation, I, and I, my response was, well, how long do you have? Uh, and the reason why it's an interesting concept is because it can be a very theoretical concept, what causes what, but in law, in personal injury law, what insurance companies mean is, well, you, you, you know, we've seen your medical notes that a year before the accident, mm-hmm. you went to the doctor and complained about back pains. And now after the accident, you're also complaining about back pains. Well, we don't believe that the accident caused your current back pains right. because we see those notations before the accident. There's, uh, there are several ways to deal with that, but that's something that's very, very um, uh, important to deal with straight on and head on with the insurance companies because that's one of the tools they have in their arsenal to try and either obliterate your claim or significantly diminish the value of your claim when oftentimes the reality is and you as the injured individual would know better than them that, you know, maybe you had issues before, but clearly the accident uh, significantly exacerbated, exacerbated the, uh, the, uh, yeah. the uh, pain. Let's take a quick break before we get to our last few minutes for this uh, this particular Sunday. 416-216-5910. You can call that number anytime outside of the show to get a hold of Savannah. You can email him as well, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca, and check out the app or the new program. Anyway, online to www.injurycalculator.ca as well, the Insurance and Injury Law Show on Talk Radio, AM 640. Last few minutes here of the show, 416-216-5910. Write that number down. That's Savannah's direct number. We were talking about causation before the break. Uh, so... Do you have to prove then that the injury was 100% caused by the accident? Do you have to N- prove it? No. No. That's nice. And and right, except that there's always a but in there. Of course. Uh, you don't have to prove that it was 100%. Um, and that's the key, the 100%. Most people are under the impression, at least they get that impression by dealing with insurance companies directly, that they have to really prove it 100%. No, there is no requirement to prove 100%. What you have to prove is on a balance of probabilities that the accident either caused the injury or exacerbated it. What does that mean, balance of probabilities? 51%. So, John, if I took 10 people, I have to make sure that at least six of them would believe uh, that this uh, accident, slip and fall, car accident, whatever it was, that caused the injury that I'm now complaining of or, or, or that it exacerbated the symptoms. And it's not that difficult to do. And, you know, when I deal with doctors all the time, I actually have to explain to them when I'm asking them to write reports, look, I understand that medical science is not an 100% science. You can't say 100% this caused that. Right. And, and oftentimes in claims, insurance companies will have their own doctors give opinions, and those doctors will say, well, no, this person had degenerative changes in their back, uh, so the back pain is not really uh, as a result of this accident. And, of course, the doctors that I'm going to are saying the opposite. Look, at the end of the day, we go oftentimes to the treating physicians, the treating specialists. Uh, so, for example, if I have an individual who's having back pains, has had back pains, I can think of a case right now, actually, where I spoke with a doctor at Sunnybrook without giving names just this past Friday. This gentleman is giving my client injections to her back. Uh, the client is fairly young. Uh, she had uh, two accidents, mm-hmm. uh, two car accidents in the span of two years. She was not at fault for either. And uh, she had uh, symptoms in her back that progressed with each accident. 
Uh, now, she had an MRI after the first accident and then a second MRI after the second accident. Gotcha. But we didn't have an MRI before the first accident. Now, the MRIs are showing degenerative changes, but she's in her 30s, right? Now, I'm not saying that she was in a 100% perfect health, sure. okay? Many people at that age have some issues. Tell me about The it. point is that before the two accidents, she never once complained of back pains. So anyway, so I spoke with this, uh, this specialist who's giving her injections, and I said, look, I'm sending you over our entire medical brief, and I would like your opinion, unbiased opinion, as to whether or not you think that these accidents caused uh, her current state, her symptoms, the reason why she's getting injections. And his response was, I will do that for you. I will look at all the documents. I will speak with her in detail. I will, I will uh, um, examine her again, and, and I will provide you with a report. And, and John... It's very important that when I phrase my questions to him, I phrase them appropriately. I cannot be shown to be instructing him yeah. to tell me something. Uh, but I'll tell you this. Uh, if, he, if he gives the opinion, uh, which I think he will, simply because I know my client and, and I've seen the medical records. If he gives the opinion that both of these accidents are the cause or the probable cause of her current impairments, her limitations or issues with her back... Yeah. What is the insurance company or insurance companies in this case? What are they going to do? They may have my clients sent uh, to their own experts, but those are hired guns. The independent. The independents, exactly. <laughs> Remember, independent medical examinations. Yeah. Here I have a treating specialist at one of the top hospitals in the country uh, who could potentially give me an opinion that these accidents are the cause. So again, uh, if you have an injury and you're going back and forth or your lawyer is going back and forth with insurance companies on the causation are these injuries or impairments right. caused by the accident? It, it's not a 100% It's not test. an all or nothing no, thing. No, it's on a balance yeah. of probabilities. Right. All right, last couple minutes, uh, some advice on the way of what people should do, whether they're uh, you know facing an accident or whether they're a uh, slip and fall of, of recent time. Maybe this summer just happened. Maybe at the cottage it happens, right? Yeah. Uh, the only advice I can give you is stay safe and give me a call if anything happens. Right. Uh, and oftentimes, John, I can tell you that uh, on average, uh, probably 20% of people who end up calling me end up retaining our services and, and going with us because many times I will tell people, listen, it's either premature to start anything uh, or here's what you need to do. We have to do it step by step. So I'm not going to be there in your face telling you sign this retainer, sign, do this, do that. We don't operate like that. Uh, we're busy it is, uh, at, at, you know, at the firm. We want to make sure that if we're telling you that you have a case, that you really do have a case. Uh, and oftentimes... Unfortunately, people come to me when it's too late. Right. So if something happens, you have a dispute with your insurance company, you've had an injury, someone you it. know, someone you love, a friend is, is in a dilemma, tell them to give me a call. You it's not it. difficult. A few minutes of your time, and I'll be able to instruct you on what needs to be done. Done for another week, brother. The uh, number outside this show is 416-216-5910 to call Savan directly. The email is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And always make sure to check out Injury Calculator. That is www.injurycalculator.ca. This has been the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Talk radio, AM640.